when you started it out, what were some of the strategies that you used to grow it up into the business that it was before you sold it? <laughs> yeah, strategies. Um, we had no strategy, man. <laughs> <laughs> This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand this coming October and November 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to Apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. On today's episode, we are joined by Amazon seller and SaaS developer Aaron Rattoli. Aaron is calling in from Changu, Bali, and discusses with us why he loves this up and coming location for location independent entrepreneurs. During this show, Aaron shares with us the recent sell of his Amazon business. Three years ago, he started building this business up to the point where he could work very little and it would provide approximately $4,000 profit a month. He was then offered $80,000 for the business and he decided to unload it and focus on other things. Before he sold the business, he had some very important decisions to make and questions to ask himself before he went ahead with a sell. If you are in an Amazon game or want to be, this is a great episode to check out. And without further ado, let's welcome Aaron Radley to the show. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. Now, Aaron is actually a former roommate and good friend and said that he would love to come on the podcast. So we're here to chat about his recent sale of the Amazon business. And maybe we'll get to dive into his new secret software business that he's about to launch. And he hails from Hungary, but he's hanging out with us in Bali today. How's life in Bali, Aaron? Actually, today is beautiful. Rainy season is over, so uh, enjoying the sunshine. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, and how you went from a developer in Hungary to a full-time location-independent digital nomad. So there's this you know, Hungarian dude in university studying to be a scientist. I was studying quantum chemistry and, and information technology, so a, a bit of a programmer, a bit of a chemist. Except by the end of it, by the fifth year, to the time when, you know, when we actually got to the quantum chemistry part, I already knew that I'm, I'm out, man. Like, I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Also, Hungary doesn't have a sea, but has a winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thinking, I, I'm seeing all these movies about films, and, you know, and there's beautiful beaches in there. And I was thinking, is this even real? I remember when I saw the movie The Beach with DiCaprio, and, and I was thinking, sure, this is a nice movie, but surely this isn't real life. Like... This guy is just traveling around, and he has no job. Like, this, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, little did I know that it is actually true, and it's a very easily rich bogo. This, this thought just started to grow in me, and then I, I heard about the like, internet marketing and affiliate marketing, and the internet is blooming. So I tried that. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to make so much money. And I thought, if I can make $1,000 a month, I'll be, like, living like a king, whatever. And, and I had some very minor successes with affiliate, which was enough to prove that this can work. From then on, my goal was like, oh my God, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, like an internet business, something like that. This was 10 years ago. And then, then of course, I, I actually I dropped out of uni uh, to, do, to become a developer, because I thought like if I can be a developer, I could technically work from a laptop 
from anywhere in the world. Now, this doesn't seem like a, a big <laughs> thought because everybody's doing it now, but 10 years ago in Hungary, uh, not many people were thinking about this. Right. In fact, I, friend, I told my friends and they're like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> but I'm like, no, 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 it's going to happen. So it really like, inspired me. And I said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to Thailand to surf. When you first started your company, you were a web developer, right? Yeah. And Aaron, when did you, when did you start your Amazon store? That was three years ago, I guess. Let's talk about the growth of your Amazon store. So when you started it out, what were some of the strategies that you used to grow it up into the business that it was before you sold it? <laughs> yeah, strategies. Um, we had no strategy, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, well, the initial thing, it was, I guess it's a strategy. It, it was really trial and error. Uh, and living in Chiang Mai at, at that time, and living in a very affordable city gave us the luxury of we can fail many, many times. And with the savings from, you know, the UK uh, contracting and consulting business, I knew I was pretty much okay for the next 10, 12 years. So I had zero fear. Then the best thing that you can do is just not worry. What we did is basically we set aside money for, let's say, two or three failed products and then just get on with it. And turns out the first product that I did, because of the sale, I can't, I can't mention the actual product, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a, it was an, uh, it's a coffee brewing accessory, something that you use when you're, when you're making coffee. And I actually, you know, after like trying to research what the product should be uh, and, and struggling with it for like three, four weeks and beating myself up like, oh man, like no product is working, like it's too competitive, competitive and things like that. Uh, I, I was making coffee using this accessory in the morning. I said, wow, that dude, like it's right in your hand. You're using it. Other people liking it. Let's try to sell that. And, and that's, what, that's what I did. Did you say it was three years until you sold the business, Aaron? Uh, no, we, we started three years ago, or two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I sold it within, like, I, I remember I placed my first order with the factory who was producing my product, uh, January, I guess it was 2015, January. And, and I sold the next year, January, but obviously when I, when I placed the order, like the business was not actually not operating, you know, the, the, the product was on its way. I placed the order and then it was Chinese New Year's Eve. So that's a month nothing and then they send the product and I had the packaging done and I had the design done and then and then slowly trying to get the ball rolling um, with the product and how do you go about the sale of the business Aaron what made you decide to sell it that's also another interesting thing it, what like it, I didn't build it to sell it I knew like I would but at that time I didn't hear about anybody who sold an Amazon business before Afterwards, I met people who had done it, obviously, earlier. It's not like we invented it. But in my social circle, I didn't really know somebody who had done it, especially a single product business, which is, you know, as much as you can establish a brand, a single product business is obviously not as strong as somebody having, like, five to ten products in the same niche with a brand, uh, probably selling off Amazon as well. I was only selling on Amazon. And uh, it was at the DC conference. We were talking with one of the guys from a, a website flipping company who oversees 
buying and selling businesses. And then I did ask them, it's like, hey, man, like, uh, do you guys only sell like affiliate websites? Or do you guys sell Amazon websites? And they said, well, they definitely think about it, thinking about it. But there's a few issues that they need to like sort out of you know, hide woodwork. And sure enough, like two, three months later, I randomly overhear a conversation that two of my friends were having about this guy and them actually foregoing and trying to set up their business in a way so they can flip Amazon businesses as well. So I definitely give them a call. It's like, hey, dudes, like, you guys are doing it now. Like, how does it work? I'm like, what is my business worth? Can you guys tell me? And they looked at the numbers and they said, okay, your business is, I guess it is worth 80,000 US dollars. And I'm like, would somebody like actually pay that? And then they're like, well, we can try. Uh, you can list it. And we listed it, and it was gone within a week. Wow. And I was like, whoa, wait, like somebody like actually wants to buy this? It's not that, I, of course, I didn't value the business. I definitely did. So basically, the opportunity came to sell. Hmm. And before that, it wasn't really there. And I was actually curious that can this be done? Will somebody buy a single product business for this much? regardless of the actual number. Um, and then they said, yes, this can happen. Then it was decision time. Like, how much is this, this business your baby? And I think most entrepreneurs, well, some certain entrepreneurs are way too attached to what they have built. And, you know, I, I sat down and I looked at it um, with a clear mind. I'm like, did I build this business? Because, you know, I... This is my dream to sell this certain coffee product. Am I, you know, is this my big thing? Or am I doing this because I wanted to have an Amazon business and this was one of the products that came into my mind and it's the second one. So I thought, okay, well, you know, that's certainly a point. Second issue is in three years time, is this business going up like a lot or is it going to be in the same level, around the same level? And so I, I thought hard about how the market is changing and things like that. And I determined it's not a hockey stick product. It's not going to be like it's doing okay now, but it's not going to 10x itself or 5x itself. So I thought, okay, well, here's this. And then the other thing was, could I potentially repeat this with another product? And the answer is yes, of course. So I thought, okay, uh, the opportunity is here. And all throughout my life, I was like, no, 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 hold the business, like make it big, make it grow. And like, you know, it's your idea and you should definitely get, if, I, if you can get $1 more for it, then you should definitely do it. Why not just take the money now and, and run with it and make either build another business, be it like another Amazon product business or do something else with it. Uh, and I went with that, and I did not regret my decision ever since. Aaron, do you think you sold it for too low since it got picked up so quickly? I definitely could have gotten more for it, not because it went so quick. That was just a lucky thing. That was really lucky that the buyer was right there and with cash in the hand, and they just wanted to get their feet uh, wet in this, this type of business. So if... You know, if I ask for, let's say, 10,000 10, more, um, then 
then maybe they would have walked away and maybe I would have had to wait a month or two months. I don't know. Um, but in like, I could have worked on the business for another half a year or another year, uh, add more products, things like that, and then try to go for a bigger exit. That, that would have been the other option. Um, I'm actually happy that I chose this one because if I did go the Amazon way, things are you know things started to get much harder in the amazon land and the 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 easy way of having a business the literally the four hour work week that you lit, you only work like 10 15 minutes a day once the product was running it was really 10 15 minutes a day it, it was truly what timothy first described in the four hour work week if i stay with this slowly that would have turned into a job yeah. Because now you have to have multiple products. Now you have to have a team. You know, you have to worry about your competition. Uh, a lot of things that would have changed. You know what I wanted to achieve with, with this entrepreneurial lifestyle. And also, if I was working on this, my mental space would have been cluttered with that business, and I couldn't have come to my next one, which I always wanted to do. I always wanted to build a software as a service company as well. Mm-hmm. And turns out the opportunity just opened itself. And just like Amazon was there, and Amazon was a very easy business to get started at that time. Um, and the doors are slowly closing. You know, they're not they're definitely not closed. The gap is 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 getting smaller. So we talked to the guys um, and they said uh, they they could get eighty thousand uh, U.S. dollars for it. So then I, I you know, we run down the math, uh, how it comes together. And basically what they did at the time is they take your monthly profit, uh, average, like your last six-month profit average per month and multiply it by 22. And then the number you get uh, is the sale price. And, you know, like the the, the way the business was working is, after I launched it, it was obviously first month as well. It was weak. It was 2,000 and then 5,000, 7,000, 8,000. And then it climbed over 10,000 US dollars per month revenue. So this is revenue, not profit. Mm-hmm. Profit was around 45%, like four or 5,000 US dollars, depending on which month it was. Um, which, by the way, like when I put it into numbers, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem a lot at all. Uh, but, but the fact that it was a single product business and you only had to work like 10, 15 minutes. Once it was working, you only had to work 10, 15 minutes on it. Um, it was definitely a, a great business to have at the time. So when the number came out, like, okay, you can get 80 for it. Uh, I, I, it's like 80 doesn't seem a lot. But again, as we talked about it before, first time of my life, I thought, you know, one uh, one bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Uh, so, you know, certain considerations, uh, so there were certain things to consider. And then we listed it, and within a week, uh, it was gone. It was, it was a bit of a surprise that it went that quick, but we never looked back ever since. When's your SaaS going to be launched, Aaron? Um, we are in pre-launch at the moment. So mm-hmm. the first user is, is on it already, and then a couple of more are coming this week. Uh, we're going to be doing this for two, three weeks, just to make sure that everything is working as intended. And then I guess in three weeks time, we're uh, we're opening the gates.
Well, you'll have to let us know when it's live so we can put the link in the show notes and update everybody. Awesome. Well, yeah, looking forward to it. And I know you want to talk about Bali and really love it, but you spent a lot of time in Thailand. How much time did you spend there? I think on and off uh, three years. It's been my home base for three years. So six months there a year and six months traveling, floating around the world. And then you just recently hopped down to Bali and how long have you been there? It's been three weeks, and then going to spend two months here, I guess. That's okay. like two months is an easy visa to get. And then going back to Bangkok, and then going to be like interna- uh, alternating between Bangkok and Bali for a while. And you said you really love Bali. Like, what do you love about Bali? You know, um, this, was, this was the country, or one of the countries, um, why I actually quit my job back in Hungary eight years ago and, and hopped on a plane and just wanted to experience the tropics. And I went to Thailand first, but then after I found out that I, I, came, to, I came to the tropics to surf, to learn surfing, and then landing in Thailand and finding out that they don't have any waves, um, then they brought, my, they brought Bali into my attention. <laughs> uh, and then two, mo- two months later, I was here surfing. Um, it was great. And you know, this is a country that really, uh, it's really like how it looks in the postcards. It's got a nice tropical beaches. Uh, you know, you, it's easily accessible. You can drive around. It's still cheap. And finally, now the, even the internet is good. So it's a perfect spot for uh, digital nomads, I guess. Where exactly are you at in Bali? I'm in Changu at the moment, which is a very popular spot right now. So if you ever come to Bali as a digital nomad or just um, as a tourist, you're definitely going to come across this place. It's got like nice uh, rice paddies and it's got beach and like artsy cafes and things like that. It's an upcoming spot for sure. Actually, maybe even two, uh, like not even upcoming now. Uh, maybe it's, it's even past that. It's getting a bit overcrowded. Definitely much better than Kuta, is, which is probably the first place you will go. Um, can I highly recommend it. Yeah, and, sorry? and you said there's a growing group of entrepreneurs and digital nomads down that way now? Absolutely. The, uh, the, the co-working spaces are, in, they, they constantly need to expand because they can't handle the, the amount of people uh, coming in. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, great spot. I mean, to be honest, you don't actually even need a co-working space. Um, the data plans that you get for your mobile phone, like the 4G service, is cheap and good. So you could just work from a cafe, uh, and the demand is high. So uh, a lot of people here. Even Hungarians, which is, uh, you know, we are, we are a rare breed around the world. <laughs> um, and after coming here, I met like 10 in the first two weeks. I'm like, how did that happen? And how's the food in Bali? I, I love Indonesian food. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that variety. I don't know if it's uh, everybody's cup of tea. Um, I also love Thai food. Uh, it's two different things, I guess. You can't really compare it. I would say food is better in Thailand, um, but what what I find here in Indonesia is, is 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 perfectly good for me. So you know, I like it. I don't know if this is the case with everybody, uh, but uh, you know, it's not going to give you un- it's not going to leave you unsatisfied. That's for sure. Oh, that's great. You make it sound really, really, really like the perfect place to pack up and it, it take is. your laptop. Yeah, is it? <laughs> it, it, it? It is. It really is. And you know, now it is still cheap. This is changing real fast. Just like in Thailand a couple of years ago, except Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai stayed cheap. Every, everywhere else, prices are shooting up. 
this is definitely the case here. But you know, now I'm I'm in a villa. It's got all the typical things a villa has: a nice pool, you know, e you know, spacious uh, living rooms and things like that. Uh, I pay fifteen dollars a night. Wow. Fifteen. Okay, uh, you know, I was lucky with this. Uh, you know, this is truly a lucky spot. You would pay maybe two, three times that. But for, for you know, what you get, the amount, of, the amount that you pay is, uh, is really cheap. So hurry up, people. Yeah, come to buy. <laughs> What's your monthly expenses, more or less? It's an interesting thing. Uh, I, stopped, I stopped looking. <laughs> that's great when you're in country it's just it's so cheap you don't have to worry about what your expenses are oh but, but yeah but sorry like actually to to um but to really answer your question i don't know maybe a thousand dollars two thousand dollars uh you know like you would really spend if you would like you would really like cash out if you would spend two thousand dollars it's definitely cheaper than any major city you know in the in the first world Aaron, if the listeners want to reach out to you, where's the best place they could do that at? Facebook, for sure. So if you search for my name, Aaron Radoli, or, or if you're an Amazon seller, then uh, find us on centricky.com, which is the, the, the SaaS product that we are going to be launching. I'm not, by the way, I'm not like plugging the site. It's, it's still in pre-launch. There's not, no information on it, but there's definitely a contact form. Uh, and... It's, it's an easy place to get, yeah, get in touch, I guess. Excellent. Aaron, I want to give you a big thank you for coming on the show and sharing all your tips and tricks and wisdom and your story with us. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It was awesome. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. And to you guys, thank you for joining us once again. And we'll sign off and see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible this event will fill up fast for those of you that are interested and have some questions be sure to contact us through the entrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact we will respond as soon as possible for now saludos from somewhere in the world